The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, hello, creeps. Um, where are the uh, rules? There's only one rule. Are you ready? Here it is. There are no rules. Go. Welcome to The Noise Report, a podcast about music, movies, books, and other random assorted pop culture. Hosted by the music guy, CJ Plain, coming at you live from the house of fuckery. Welcome. Now let's start a riot. Now let's get out there and melt some bases! I'm the music guy, CJ Play. This is another episode of The Noise Report. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk a lot of trash, we interview people, and we make a lot of noise. Uh, we bring people on that uh, also have a tendency to make a lot of noise in their respective fields. And in uh, this particular one, we're going to kind of take a left turn a little bit here. Um, this is the new band that I'm... Very happy to introduce you to a um, couple of names that you will recognize. Uh, one uh, you'll recognize, but not from this genre of music. Uh, one you'll recognize from this genre of music, but not quite as heavy as this former band. And a third gentleman I'm being introduced to today. Um, so we'll start off by letting you guys individually kind of just introduce yourselves and give a small background on who you are, where you come from, and we'll lead into uh, who you currently are, <laughs> as far as this inclination. Um, so take it away. Whoever Hello, Joe. All right. Uh, why am I going first? <laughs> My name is uh, Joe Cady. I uh, play bass in this band, actually. Uh, I've been uh, in, a, in a few bands uh, over the years. Uh, kind of known Richard for over a decade now I think was when he first when I first auditioned for his old band so um just kind of finally coming full circle and releasing a record after all this damn time so um not much notable I play in another band called Finality and uh, just make a lot of noise and work for Huron and his end so nice come on yeah go ahead uh, alright hey it's Huron um and I am in many bands, <laughs> but uh, I guess most notably, I, I play guitar in Battlecross, um, and uh, I also play guitar in a death metal band called Portal of Pazuzu, and I also play guitar in another band called Finality, which Joe happens to play guitar in as well. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, I am a live guitar for uh, Among These Ashes, so very excited to be a part of this. Um, and uh, you know, just uh, getting ready, uh, getting ready to le- you know, learning the material now, and just uh, excited to get back, get on stage with these guys and jam. So it's yeah. it's been uh, the material's really awesome, and I'm excited about it. So nice. Oh shucks. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least of these gentlemen, my name's Richard Clark, um, guitar player in the band as well. Um, you know, write all most of the material here. So, 
uh, yeah, really excited to get to play with these guys. Finally, this has been a long time in the making, and uh, it's hard for me to kind of contain my excitement at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to go. Yeah. So you guys have heard. Maybe we're we're here to help them. <laughs> you guys have heard Richard on here before um, with his Americana and country self, um, which you know he does. Um, but what a lot of you don't know, I haven't really talked about on Facebook, but. Uh, we have traded uh, our love of metal back and forth since pretty much the beginning. Um, so it's always been very cool that uh, not only do we talk about uh, our love of amazing artists like Matt D, um, who just never gets enough credit, <laughs> um, but we talk about bands like Soil Work and uh, bands like that that we love. So... Um, always very cool when you get a musician who loves multiple genres and can kind of share uh, along those lines so when he came to me with this um, I was fully on board um, and uh, I'm excited to have you guys Uh, if you didn't catch it the new band is Among These Ashes and it is a fucking killer CD like I love this record so uh oh that's awesome to hear thank you yeah um <clears throat> definitely cool to see Hyron in it uh huge fan of Battlecross um if you don't know Battlecross absolutely one of the most balls out ferocious thrash bands um of all time um if you're ever in that mood where you need to just break shit uh, them and Nervosa are the two bands that are immediately like those are the bands you go to that they just will rip your fucking face off. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I always said that if I was a pro wrestler and I needed an entrance song, there's only like three bands that would immediately come to mind for it. It'd be Battlecross, Nervosa, and The Haunted. Um, are like, you know, I would need a song like All Against All or, you know, something like that, that just has that pure unbridled ferocity um, to kind of let people know that you're not there to fuck around. You know? so, um, I was a pro wrestler. I used to use in flames for my uh, walk-in music. Nice! <laughs> That's the, so you know what I'm talking about. Like, yep. um, So yeah, like, it's just first time I heard Battlecross, it was just one of them things, like it just hits you so hard, man, and it's like, holy shit, like um, and again, Nervosa was the same thing Nervosa, I think, a little bit more because it was for women from Brazil and it was kind of like, holy shit, like, I haven't heard four women play this hard, but um, you guys being from Michigan it was just extra cool that a Michigan band was representing us so fucking hard like that, you know, like um, most Michigan bands, you know, we, I mean, not that we're not happy to have Alice Cooper and Sponge and Iggy Pop and, uh, but most of the stuff we're known for is kind of mainstream rock or alternative stuff. And um, it was cool, you know, it was cool to have a band that was just completely 
over the top <laughs> from yeah, here. Sure. So awesome, man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah I th- you know that's initially what we were just kind of go for is just straight up no bullshit metal. Yeah, and, uh, you know that we just kind of drew influences from you know everything that we liked, and then just tried to take the most fucking yeah. heavy hitting parts and still have that melody in it. So yeah, but, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so you guys talk about this band more because this one is. This one is very complex. Like, there are parts... Like, this is the consummate metal record. There's the heavy parts. There's the acoustic parts. You've got the melodies. You've got the thrashy parts. You've got the breakdowns. There's really just about every single element of the metal spectrum on this record... Uh, right down to the concept of the story of this record. So, um, you know, this thing is very over the top. <laughs> Good. I mean, they got one of the best vocalists in metal as well. Uh, JP is just phenomenal. And I can't wait till people hear this record because he is just all out on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, I, I, I don't even, <laughs> when I think about, you know, all the different elements in there, that's awesome to hear. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, honestly, it really simply comes down to creating something that I wanted to listen to. And that's, as right. to, I mean, like everything that I do, that's really what it comes down to. You know, I want something that I can listen to repeatedly. And if if I'm going to make a recording, I have to love everything on there, like literally every note has to be on there and like you know not every part of the song is going to be this blazing fast complex riff that's going to serve the song in some way like it'll create space for the vocalist to to sing or something like that but yeah i mean at its heart that's simply what it is it's something that that i wanted to listen to you know so and yeah thank you so much for the kind words on that that's that's awesome to hear never that will never get old for me (laughs) I mean, when you think about great concept records, whether it's Rush, whether it's Operation Mindcrime, uh, whether it's um, Sabotage, whether it's the few that Fate's Warning have done, or the Flower Kings, or, I mean, there's so many. Um, Even Pink Floyd. They all have that in common, is they have the great story they have the great vocals and they have the the flow of the record where it doesn't have to be one constant flow I mean a true storyteller like you guys have done here you know there's that ebb and flow there's those high heavy parts and it goes back to the acoustic passages and the spoken word parts and it really is a complete. Um, you know, the great sign of a the greatest sign of a concept album is when you're listening to it. If you can picture in your head who would play that part in a TV show or a movie, that's when you know you've really connected on a level. And I can kind of do that here because. There's a book series I read when I was in the Army, and I cannot remember it for the life of me, but it reminds me of it so much. Um, 
and it kind of the stories are so similar in, in context uh, it almost kind of comes together in the part of you know and it had me wondering in a couple parts if you had maybe read the same series and um, and I tried looking for the series and I couldn't find the damn thing because you know it was it was one of them random series they had on the bookshelf in the barracks and you know you just read it because you're fucking bored out of your mind and you're sitting around waiting forever like you do when you're in the military um so (laughs) yeah man i would say uh this this thing originally started as like a zombie apocalypse thing right and uh i thought that that was like getting so tired and old that i didn't want to do it anymore and then uh you know, I I'd released the Clark Country Drifters album, and I was like, okay, I gotta get serious about a metal album now. And then COVID hit, and it was like, okay, there's the inspiration right there, you know. And then just you know, the dystopian type themes uh, I was starting to get into. And then, you know, the other thing that was a, a big inspiration, I guess, story wise and setting wise, was the original Red Dawn mm-hmm. about having like the the nomadic gorilla type guys that are screwing up everything for the, the big government you know right. so that was definitely a big influence yeah I mean you, you touched on it it's it's one of those things it's very hard in in metal and music in general right now is to actually be able to visualize a story while you're listening to a record a lot of time you're just hearing this thing just slam you in the face and you're you're feeling it more than, than seeing it the shit I, uh, I've learned about this record is every time I hear it I can see it like a, you know, step by step play, like a, a three part, you know, play yeah. on the whole time in my head visually, and it, it kind of sucks because now when I'm playing it, the damn thing's going off in my head and I'm screwing it all up because of it. But <laughs> um, I just think like it's it just it's well written in that aspect, and I gotta you know take my hat off for for Richard and JP on how you guys just made it come together like that because it's it's bigger than just uh just a you know your average thrash or power metal record. It's it's definitely got a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Joe, Joe is a huge part of it too. Like, yeah, you know, he was in the band before we even decided to be a band. I mean, like, he's Joe is essentially my mentor. I would say, you know, with all this, I'm a mechanic. He put everything together, and I was like, all right, we got to make a band. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It just took ten years to do it. <laughs> but it's you know, it's weird how that happens because I know like. My first band, when I was in foster care in Lapeer, you know, we put the band together sort of as something to do, but we couldn't find a guitar player. Mm-hmm. Everybody that came in, you know, oh, you can play ACDC, you can play Metallica. And that's all they could play. Or they were the Eddie Van Halen wannabe, and all they wanted to do was play a million notes. Nobody played with emotion. Nobody played with any style. Nobody played with any finesse. You know, and it was so boring that it got to the point of I told my drummer, I said, if I got to sit through one more fucking Angus Young wannabe, I'm going <laughs> to punch somebody, you know, because it's just like it was so monotonous. And then I went to a court hearing and my social worker was driving. We had to stop at another house. And I'm sitting in the car waiting for her to go in and talk to this other foster parent. And I'm hearing this guitar, and it's playing the most ferocious version 
of future victim by Gary Moore that I've ever heard. And I was just thinking, who the fuck is playing that? So I'm like running through yards, <laughs> looking over fences, trying to figure out who the fuck is playing it. And I finally get to this yard three houses down, and there's this little Native American kid sitting on a picnic table with a Steve I- Ibanez playing his fucking ass off. And I was like, yo. He's like, what? I was like, you playing a band? And he's like, no. And I was like, you want to play in a band? <laughs> you know, and it just it went from there. But it's, you know, it's weird how shit can come together, really, out of kind of nowhere in work and um i guess point is you never know where you're going to meet the people oh, yeah. you end up with um dude i mean with this i was i was a part of this you know we this probably 2005 or something i was fucking done with my main band i did so much damn work with it it wasn't going nowhere i was like this i'm just going out i put a craigslist ad out and uh then i get a hit up from richard hey you know, i'm looking i was gonna sing too i was like i'm done I'm done playing guitar. It's just screwing me up anyway. I'm just going to sing. And I remember going out to their, their their place where they're jamming and dragged this huge-ass PA over, and we shoved it in this tiny little attic. And um, we were kind of messing around, and, and, you know, I had some stuff I was able to throw down, but nothing really good. And then uh, their guitar player left, and I decided to, to you know, play one. started playing one of the songs that Richard did, and it quickly turned into, well... You're actually way better on guitar than you are vocals, so <laughs> I ended up uh, getting the gig from that, and you know, ended up sticking around with Richard for I mean, I've like I said, a decade. Uh, the bass player we jammed with that day, um, Jeremy, was in all iterations of my bands uh, from there till now. Um, he was also pretty big behind the scenes with this project too. It was uh, nice. uh, kind of critiquing and stuff, giving Richard some direction. He's a phenomenal musician, and just he's too busy hunting to do anything. So. <laughs> that's a, I don't want to tell you, but I think it's been close to twenty years. Is it? <laughs> Holy like, shit! Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! It is. Well, you know what? That's, Remember wrestling? I got hit in the head a lot. I don't know what year it is. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of what happens when you grow up as a country boy. That's kind of what you do. You, uh, you, you, you play great music. You go out and kill shit, and you <laughs> try not to get your trucks buried in the mud. Um, <laughs> I I grew up on a 400 acre farm out by where Richard lives, so um, you know I grew up around Lapeer and North Branch, Frankenmuth that area. Uh, so yeah, um, I can tell you all about cornfields and back roads and um, you know trees as far as you can see trees. So. <laughs> city slickers all the way Mm -hmm. yeah my my grandfather turned 95 yesterday um still lives on the same farm that you know my dad and all those guys grew up on and i called him to say happy birthday and my cousin said well he's not in the house where is he well he's out he's out on the tractor pulling brush up behind the barn awesome and i'm like 95 years old, the man has zero chill, you know, like 7 o'clock in the morning, he's out on this 1964 Sea Farmall fucking tractor pulling brush out of the swamp. You know, and it's just like... It's cold, too. Yeah, and, and he's just, he has no fucking chill, you know, and it's like... It's just what I come from, you know, so I... That's what I said, I... 
I understand the hunting and <laughs> all that shit. Cause that's that's pretty much what we had to do. You know, we chopped wood and killed shit. So um, when you get that purpose in you, you know, it just doesn't doesn't leave you. I mean, yeah. for all of us that play music, it just never. Yeah. It doesn't stop. You know, no matter yeah. what happens. I mean, even with Battlecross, and we, you know, essentially just stopped touring and stuff. It was like, well, I'm home now, but I still want to play music. So I was finding other bands to play in, and you know. Yeah. And obviously, Joe and I have known each other for a long time uh, from his band, Curse Eternity, and Battlecross doing shows. And and then he went out on the road with us and, and started doing merch. And then he was tech, and then he was tour manager, and he was doing all sorts of shit with us. And he was like, he was basically, he's our sixth member. Nice. You know, and he filled, in, he filled in for me on guitar. He filled in for Tony on guitar. So, you know, we had that connection of music. And, you know, when he got, when Finality was going and, Tony joined, and then our old bass player Mike joined, and then I was hanging around, and then I just weaseled my way into his band. <laughs> and, then, and then he's playing, you know, he's showing me Richard's stuff, and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, well, yeah. he's like, yeah, you know, you know, he, this is going to be, you know, he's he's never done, like, a live metal band. I'm like, well, if he's ever needs, like, a live guitar player, I'd be right. happy to, like, do that, you know, because I just, I heard it, and I, I love playing live. Like, that's my favorite thing right. about being in a band. So, hearing that material, and then, you know, I proposed that, and then he came back, so, yeah, Richard's actually pretty interested in that. I'm like, cool, let's do it, you know? So the moment he said, yeah, dude, this is awesome, I was like, fuck yeah, I got him. (laughs) It's it's a whole different element, man. Like, recording is fun, but you can't quantify what it's like being on that stage in front of a huge audience, especially if you're playing a show opening for somebody that you idolize or somebody that brings in a huge crowd. Like I know that first band, we got to open a show for Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, which was comical because we were more like man of war and uh, warrior soul, I guess, than Mm -hmm. we were anything Jerry Lee Lewis played. But because it was the local arts festival, quote unquote type of thing, you just kind of got stuck together. And towards the end of the show, when we were finishing our last song, we looked over and Jerry Lee Lewis was standing on the side of the stage watching us. That's fucking awesome. And my immediate thought was, that can't be good because <laughs> why is he watching us? As we walked off the stage, he stuck his hand out. And I shook his hand and he's like, you know, for a bunch of kids, you don't actually suck. And I thought, you know what? I'll take that. Coming from you, that's probably as close to a compliment as you're ever going to get. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it was, it's just one of the memorable moments that, you know, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. But um, I'll take that one. So we're talking with, um, it's among these ashes, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I want to say through these ashes. Like, every time I... My brain just says through these ashes. Um, and I don't know why that is. I don't know if there's like another band I've heard somewhere along the line that had that name and sticking in my head. But um, Among These Ashes, great new band out of Michigan because the guys are, you guys are kind of spread out of, sort of over Michigan, aren't you, in various places? Yeah. 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 We're about 50 miles apart, maybe. Oh, okay. So you're not so. that far apart. Um, 
before the pandemic, JP was in Canada, so. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> Canada's, uh. Well, he, Huron's about 50 feet over there, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, you're over by where I grew up then. Um, what do they find? You guys have the record coming out here soon, right? I mean, it isn't released yet. It's still kind February of pre-release 11th. and all of that. Yeah, February eleventh uh, is when it's coming out, and then our first single <clears throat> drops on yeah January twenty fifth. So next Tuesday, we've been on the hype machine uh, basically since before Christmas. Nice. Trying to hype it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's getting some pretty good traction so far, man. I'm getting a lot. Yeah, it of, is. It's a lot of a lot of little messages from the size. Where the fuck did this band come from? Well, <laughs> it was very deliberate to kind of like hold off on putting anything out on social media. Yeah. Until uh, it just until it got close to the release. And let me throw out there the book series that I was talking about. I just found it actually. Um, the book series that I was talking about. It's called Doomsday Warrior. It's the Doomsday Warrior nice. book series. Um, by Ryder Stacy, um, it's about the overthrow of the American government, or the last, the last revolution, overthrow of the American government. Uh, it's got like eighteen books in the series. Um, Shit, I so, just put it down. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really cool book. It was one of them books. Like I said, I was in the army and I was bored out of my mind, and they had this bookshelf that had all these random paperbacks on it, and um. I think it was like book number nine or something, but it was the only interesting one on there. So I just kind of read the book and then went back and read the rest of the series. So I knew what was going on. Um, <laughs> but it has a lot of the same elements. I mean, the, especially the one, um, it's track eight, I want to say. The one where um, it's like, this is Commander. Resistance. It's the spoken one where he's like, this is Commander... Uh, oh yeah, blah, that's, blah, blah. Uh, that's number four. No, high order. High order. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. That one really made me think of this one because the main character in this book series, it really is something very much like he would say or deliver in that series. It's that same kind of yeah. attitude, I guess. Um, that both characters are are similar. Um, so it just made me think of that. But um, where do they find? Obviously, the normal places, but as far as the record itself, um, is there vinyl, CDs? Where do they order that stuff? Um, is there like a merch store? Anything like that? Um, we were talking about that yesterday. I think we're going to roll some of that out eventually, but for right now, it's just going to all be on you know streaming platforms, you know, on YouTube. And then, uh, you know, here and I, we're talking about eventually doing hard copies of something but you know i've done that three times now and i've got so many damn cds in my house you know (laughs) right and nobody really i don't know like some of them still buy them but i don't have a cd player on my truck anymore yeah (laughs) you know so i I think the novelty is still cool i used to love to go to the record store i think the vinyl thing that's coming back is really nice too yeah so the short answer is yes eventually there will be but for now it's going to be all soft copy stuff kind of background uh, probably i'm probably gonna try shopping it around to see if i can get someone to pick it up to release it on vinyl because yeah. there seems to be a lot of that going on now as bands can actually get their stuff to 
just for vinyl releasing, you know, not signing to a label because I mean the label thing is just is overblown and just trash now anyway. So there's really no point. yeah. The internet is right in front of you. you can, as long as you want to do the legwork, you can do it. You know, sorry, uh, Slagle, you're not getting another hockey jersey, but um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I don't see the point. You know, and I'm sure Rich is in the same boat, and that's why he doesn't really want to put the CDs out. That being said, if the band starts playing live it's a big difference from the, the folk scene from the, the metal scene. Is right. People yeah. want that shit in their hands. So um, we might have to do something like what Huron did with Portal and, and, and do a, a limited small run and, and just so they have something. You know, I, it's just stuff will probably, bridges will cross when we get there. Yeah, I know vinyl is, I've, vinyl's so expensive now. Like, I mean, it always was, but, um, I don't own a record player, so I don't really buy vinyl. Uh, but I see the stuff that they do with vinyl now compared to the old days. And yep. it's really crazy. The, I guess the technology that you can use for this old school format. Like yeah. um, one of the bands last year that I was working with put out. It was a double double record. And... The concept was Fire and Ice, basically, of uh, the record. And um, I want to say it was the band Trollfest, if I remember correctly, or one of the bands in that genre. And their record, the vinyl records, the one was red and orange for the fire side, and the other one was like blue and silver uh, for the yeah. ice side. And it was the coolest looking thing. And I was like, dude, like, we didn't have any cool shit like that growing up. We just had, like, <laughs> right. black vinyl, you know? like Black, and you were lucky if the label had maybe a piece of art on it, but it was always just freaking typewriter label. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and it's like, now you, just, you do shit with these records, and, you know, you get, to like, your ashes put in them and shit like that, and it's like... Yeah, that's crazy. It's like, that's fucking amazing, like, that you can take these old formats and do crazy shit with it, and um, the coolest one I remember... A wasp for the last command. Uh, they put the one out that was shaped like a, like a, a blade, saw blade. Yes. You know, yep. and that was like the coolest one I ever had. And someone stole that, you know, because <laughs> as is typical, you know, you can't have anything nice and leave it laying around right. for five minutes. Um, right. I, I guess we kind of deserved it, though. I mean. I guess that's kind of what you get when you throw house parties with 375 people, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the worst. I think that you're getting off easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we we won't go into those stories because... Um, <laughs> various... yeah, I mean, I, mean metal, I think metal music is just, you know, it's, I equate it to like, what, like comic books. Yeah. People that are just such collectors of it. It's, yes. such, it's a genre that's... Yeah. That just... People want to have that physical copy in their hands. They want to collect it. They want to own it, yeah. you know, and especially with something like this album, that's a concept album. I think that, you know, they're seeing a story and then they want to see the visual with it, yeah. you know, and so and it goes sometimes, you know, of course, it's not going to be, it's not everybody in that, in that audience, but you do have a good niche of people there. I think you probably see it. And I'm, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like metal music is where you see it the most, where people yeah. want have that physical copy compared to any other genre I think out there. It's the aesthetic because I mean, even going like to modern times, seeing people like the Kardashians and Megan Fox wearing 
shirts by bands that they probably have no fucking clue who they are. Um, Chris Brown wearing the leather coat with the Dirty Rotten Imbeciles uh, logo on it was amusing to me. Yeah. Because it was like, come on. You are not going to convince me that Chris Brown has any fucking clue whatsoever <laughs> who the Dirty Rotten Imbeciles were, you know? Hey, like, I just look at that as free promotion, right? Well, I exactly. Mean, that's the thing. Know, like, it's like at the end of the day, that's putting the band name out there. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. care. You, if I saw, like, somebody wearing a Battlecross shirt that didn't listen to the band, but they're wearing it and they got that clout, cool. You well, know, yeah, like, and that's the thing. power to me, you know? Yeah. So, you got to do it the right way, though. Gary Holt made the kill the Kardashian shirt, which made his <laughs> now post go viral. So you got her picture and now he's getting put into their circle. That dude's a fucking genius. Yeah. <laughs> not all heroes wear capes. Right. It's, you know, it's crazy now with the placements like Cobra Kai just had the little scene with the yep. Exodus thing in it. The, yep. All the bands that they've stuck in their thing. Now you have James Gunn, has gone completely fucking batshit crazy with Peacemaker and is pretty much all of a sudden championing, you know, hair metal. And this whole entire soundtrack for Peacemaker so far has been like, you know, Crash Diet, Hardcore Superstar, Wigwam, The Poodles, Cinderella. And it's like, who would have thought that James Gunn, of all people knew who any of these bands were, you know. Um, it's cool that he's doing it because it's great music. It's fun music, you know, and it goes yep. very much with the character. I mean, I think it fits perfectly. Um, but, again, you never know where you're going to see it or hear it or who's going to pull it out, um, you know. And it's – promotion is promotion. Like, I'm – I, I don't want to be the gatekeeper to say, oh, you can't listen to that or you can't wear that because by all means, whatever. I mean, wear what you wear. I mean, yeah. I I grew up with tons of people that wore shit that they didn't have a clue about, you know. Um, I will admit to having a Motorhead patch on my jean jacket. And like I said, I didn't listen to Motorhead until I was 24. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, it was just... It was kind of one of them requirements. If you were a metalhead, you weren't complete with your jean jacket or leather coat or whatever you had if it didn't have motorhead on it, you know. Um, so I had it on there. I didn't really listen to them, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I, whatever. That's the attitude, right? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a look. It's, it's, your play. it's just mixed yeah. in with what already like right so it's just that yeah. other addition to it. it's like yeah motorhead like you see that like it's just you know i don't think there's anything yeah. wrong with that it's just kind of you're wearing your colors so to speak to kind of yeah. show like you're what you're into you know it was probably the only band that i had on my thing that people actually knew um because the majority of the bands that i had the patches for were bands like you know the uk subs and crass and um the circle jerks and bands like that, that 5% or 95% of people had no fucking idea who they were, um, at that time. So I got asked constantly, but everybody knew who motorhead was. So it's like, Oh, you listen to motorhead. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, and what's your favorite song? I don't know. 
they're all cool. <laughs> you know, you just yeah. you make your shit up, I guess, as you go. But, Dude, it goes um, with that with the metal guys, too. You know, metal guys always had a Misfits frickin' patch on. Yeah. Not 90% of the It was another one. Misfits record. <laughs> yeah. Know? It was like, it, just, it had to be there because, well, fucking Cliff Burton used to wear it all the time, so it has to be. Cool. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, you know. And it was the same with uh, Pusshead. You know, you had to have the Pusshead yep. stuff on your... If you had a skateboard, you had to have the Pusshead stuff on your skateboard because yep, yep. it wasn't... Um, me, I was a huge fan of Ratfink. Um, yep. The stuff that Ratfink did was just so over the top. And my old man used to get so pissed off that I had Ratfink drawings all over my room, <laughs> posted on the wall. And he's like, you know that shit's inappropriate for your age, right? And I was like, oh, like having me in the truck at six years old, listening to Elmer Fudpucker and... You know, Gene Tracy was fucking appropriate, you know, like, you know, you remember I got kicked out of school for telling trucker jokes at seven years old, right? Like, you're worrying about rat fake, but I'm over here telling trucker jokes that, you know, would make most fucking sailors run in shame. So, um, who are... Who are some of the bands that influenced you guys just from across the ages? Maybe some newer bands that you think are amazing that maybe you want to shout their name out and give them credit for kind of carrying on <laughs> the tradition and the art. I mean, um, first in the year, all night. I know it's not, right. like the, it's not the popular thing to say anymore because of what he did, but Iced Earth, between me and Richard, that was one of our yeah. biggest influences. And, you know, I am not. I don't give a shit what he did outside of it. He still released a lot of good mu- music, and I'm not stopping listening to him because, you know, of his politics. Yeah, I... The Kurt, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, they, can, they can piss off. They're still fucking... Those albums are still great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, that that's the one that jumps to my head right away. Um, you know, uh, Fear Factory is another yeah. one, especially with Richard's fucking right hand. You know, there's a lot of huge influence. Yep. Um, um, yeah, the other one, I mean, man, we could talk about this forever. Right. Yeah. I love it when people ask me that question, but like to keep it simple and not keep us here forever on that. Like one of the biggest ones for me recently was this rediscovery of Metallica. Yes. You know, in, in like different ways, you know, yeah. when the pandemic hit, we just, I start watching like their live stuff and it was just so inspiring. And I still go back to it almost every single week. I will yeah. watch Metallica constantly and, um, you know, rediscovering that from the way I discovered it as a kid, like yeah. the production aspect. And then, you know, the songwriting aspect is just absolutely amazing. Um, and it, it's still, baffles my mind at how big they got playing the style of music and everything you know so that's the biggest one for me i guess yeah all right here what do you think yeah i mean for me it was pantera i mean that was yeah. a band that like when i heard that i was like i remember being in like sixth grade and far beyond driven came out and i heard that and i was like oh my god like what it was like the heaviest yeah. thing i'd ever heard in my life yeah and to still today i think that record's still one of the heaviest records ever um, so them and like Slayer, Metallica, of course. And then later on, you know, when I was playing out in the local scene, there were local bands like Summer Dying and, um, a band called Gut Rot and, uh, you know, just seeing stuff like that yeah. live, like finally going to shows as a young kid and, and seeing that in front of me so close, you know, because before I was going to 
big arena shows and you know you weren't that close and then all of a sudden you're going to local shows and you're seeing these bands just losing their minds on stage and i i saw that and i was like i want to do that like that's yeah. that really like set that fire in me to like say that's what i want to do you know and it's just now it's just you know the classics and then everything in between it's just i'm i'm all over the map with with metal you know it yeah. goes from extreme extreme stuff to grindcore and death metal to power metal and thrash like yeah. all that stuff which is my horizon you know my taste has just expanded so far into it and you know there's just so much different kinds of stuff out there i just i appreciate it all you know yeah there are yeah chris i'm trying to think like a newer band that that i really like and i yeah. feel like we should do a good shout out to um the guys over in astroborn jason did our artwork yes and he did a lot of other stuff for us too and it's just I mean, a, a super cool, nice guy, incredibly talented. And by the way, that album is freaking fantastic too. I mean, like really long, complex songs and everything like that. It's it sounds like you're being morphed back into 1990 in flames, Jester, yeah. race era. Uh, nice. That's the cool thing about them, though. It's like I I found them in the early 2000s with their band called Forever Lost, and I watched them transition to a band called Hammer and I'll ask for one each time these guys just fucking level it up and it's like yeah. how the fuck are we supposed to follow that shit yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. um, another one uh, local wise uh, that um, you know there was always Wolf Hook back in the day that did the yes. power metal classic metal thing they were fucking phenomenal and now Salvation's End has kind of picked that fucking ball up and it's just slamming it home dude yeah. um, they're just tearing it up out there um out of, the, out of the local scene, those are the first two that jump out at me. But then there's like, you know, Fell no Ruin and, and uh, Throne. That's from the heavier shit. That stuff's great. Dagon, they're all good friends of mine. And just, I've, n I've never heard a bad song from those guys. <laughs> yeah. Chris, you need to make sure that you interview, uh, you know, Joe and Euron and, and their band in Finality, too. Yeah. Um, you know, they're Always. not going to shout out to themselves, but that record, you know, I've been privileged to be able to listen to a lot of it before it came out. And, um, it is going to kick people in the balls. And I, I think, I don't, you know, that. and Tony, Tony's singing on it. And I think he's going to surprise the shit out of everybody. Yeah. When yeah. I hear it. So it's incredible. I mean, there are those the only bands. way I could pay, replace JP. It was the only way I could do it. And at the time JP lived in Canada and I was paying to fly him in for shows and trying to get this band going and don't get me wrong jp was pulling his end and more he was recording mm -hmm. demos and doing all this other stuff and it just got to be too much and i remember like we i came to the decision i had to kind of move on and, and try to get something more local so we could play and i was wondering how i was going to do that and tony from battlecross we were just jamming a, a like a doom type like mm -hmm. uh samba style band with here on me and a few other people and he came out and he was singing i was like where the f this guy's been under my nose for 20 years what the fuck you know and then it's like right then and there i was like i knew my replacement when i told jp he was like you know he heard some of the demos he's like fuck, go ahead so i mean yeah when this band kind of started forming and becoming a thing i remember rich reaching out to me and going hey you know what do you think about maybe me trying to hire out matt barlow for you know do vocals on the record and i'm like you could do that but it's gonna cost you 10 grand i'll tell you what's right. better you get jp he's gonna give you more heart he's gonna probably charge you less and you're going to get performances that are going to be above and beyond. Cause he's still, JP's got so much fire. It's, it's insane to yeah. watch, you know? And I, it, um, just hearing the record afterwards, <clears throat> it was like, fuck man, I rolled that dice again. And every time he's fucking knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are and those bands that go, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I was going to say, Joe is definitely, you know, the glue that kind of puts all this together and everything yeah. like that. So, make it work. I would, this is nothing I wouldn't tell him, you know, in person anyway, we're right. in the interview, but I mean, like, Joe is a, a huge, huge contributor in this and, you know, putting in so many different facets of it too. So, proud to have my stamp on it anyway. It's, it's, that's why when we, you know, when he decided he wanted to play live, it's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down, you know. And there are, yeah, there are you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go, no, go ahead. I, I, I was gonna say there are those bands <laughs> that when you hear them, definitely have that impact. Battlecross was one. Um, Pantera was one. A new one for me that hearing them on record impacted me so much. I went out to see them live, and one of only three bands that I've ever gone to a show that I was so physically exhausted after their show that I couldn't even drive home. I had to, like, sleep in my car. Uh, and that's the band Crossface. Um, if you haven't heard Crossface, um, imagine... Now. Imagine Deadmau5 basically DJing a Slayer show. Um, just take those two styles and put them together. That just ferocious, over-the-top thrash with this massive EDM style behind them and um, I was so blown away by Crossfaith I mean here's these five Japanese guys who Japanese yeah I mean it's the most <laughs> intense thing they're the best ever. at everything <laughs> dude it's not even fair I mean there are a ton of Japanese bands that I love you know Maximum yeah. the Hormone Crystal Lake uh, X Japan so many Crossface are just so far ahead of the curve with what they do. Um, it's it's hard to describe. Like the only other band that ever did that like that for me uh, was Fishbone. First time I went to see Fishbone in '93. I'd heard Fishbone a billion times mm -hmm. and had no idea of what their live show was like, and went into yep. that. And it was just mind blowing how much energy was in that room. Like you could have. Now they got powered. Rocky George, dude. Do what? <laughs> now they got Rocky George, man, in Fishbone. Yeah, well, and, and that's when I seen him was like when Rocky first joined them. Yep. And um, you could have powered the city of Detroit that night on the energy that was in that fucking room. And I, I'm almost positive it was at Sanctuary that I seen them. I can't remember if it was Simon's or Sanctuary. Um that I seen them, but I mean, it was packed and it was ridiculous. I was so exhausted. I couldn't drive home. I went out to the car and I awesome. crawled into the back seat <laughs> and I slept for three hours because I couldn't great. have drove home. It was the same with Crossface. I was so exhausted. Just walking to the car was a concerted effort. Like That's I was great. just drained. And, um, I don't even remember the other bands, that I know it was Mayhem Festival that I seen them at. I don't okay. even remember the other bands that were on Mayhem that I seen because Crossface were so far above them sound wise. Um, it, it was That's unreal. Awesome. Like I was just, and I'll tell anybody, listen to Crossface and show me a better put together band right now, and. I'll die on that hill, man. They're just fucking incredible. They're so intense um, with what they do that 
it's mind blowing to me. So um, on the same level, you were talking about the EDM thing. I'm gonna throw this out there. Heron's gonna know it. Have you heard the band Author and Punisher? Yeah. What's well, that? Oh that's my it's God. yeah. Same <laughs> that's same what I kind of. That's the exact kind of vibe I'm talking about. Uh, that um, take we came as Romans and pump them full of steroids for about ten years. It's kind of you know uh, of mice and men maybe, um, but it's just this massive sound and style. Like it's the heaviest music you've ever heard, but it's got this fucking background to it that just makes it even more extreme. Um, it's like the know. old bile stuff where they had that, you know, kind of that techno, you know, yeah, yeah. death metal shit. You loved it. <laughs> Who was that? Yeah. Bile. Huh? Back in the- they were in that movie Strangeland. Did you ever see Strangeland? Yeah. Dee Snyder. Yeah. They were the band in that movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I never realized 90s. that, but yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about, though. Dude. Like, um, I'd find those guys because they always had neon fucking uh, uh, CD cases. No. So that's yeah. the only nice. way I found him. I was just going through the CD store one day. It's like a fucking neon case, like a line of them. I'm yeah. like, oh, buy them. Fuck it, I'm buying it. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is it like? Um, Eskimo Cowboy, I think, is another band that's kind of doing it a little bit now. That and, and they did that hypa hypa song, I think it was or something. But hmm. they're they're more goofy, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's probably the one new band that really sticks out to me as far as metal metal goes um crypta but crypta actually oh, yeah. is just most yeah. of what used to be nervosa yeah i mean they're just I mean, the ferocity that they play yep, with man um, and creator awesome. creator will always be my oh, one dude. of my favorite bands of all time um yes Creator is back into the conversation. Richard there with the fucking with the, the monkey with the with the symbols for a minute there. They're talking about industrial and media. Oh wait! <laughs> I got on a plane and flew to Germany to go to Wacken with the sole purpose of seeing Creator. Because nice. every time Creator comes to America, they either never come to where I'm at, or I always end up missing the show. Mm-hmm. So I said, fuck it. I am going to see Creator at least once before I die. And I just, out of the blue, bought a ticket, flew over to Vakken for the sole purpose is I am going to see Creator live. And, um, you know, they were another one of those bands. I was into thrash metal. I was into the heavier stuff. But I was attending Clarkson High School. I was in foster care, and this kid walked by and he's like you listen to Metallica right and I was like yeah and he's like do you like heavier stuff than Metallica and I was like yeah if it's good and he handed me Coma of Souls the cassette and I was like who is this and he's like it's a German band I was like alright stuck it in the cassette player and was just immediately was like yep um, you giving this to me am I buying <sighs> shit alright no. so um, oh, I still see ya <laughs> Yeah, still see. Yeah, it's. Left. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, more in a few minutes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say. You know so what, what we'll do? Creator. We will wrap this up by where do they find you guys on social media? Um, where are there any live shows coming up? You know, uh, down the line possibly. Where would they find that information? Um, about you guys to 
a tennis you want me to answer? Yep, that's you, Rich. Yeah, so right now we got everything on, you know, Facebook. Just look up Among These Ashes and then Instagram. And then once that first single drops, we're going to have a Bandcamp site. Um, and that's, I think that's going to be it for right now. Nice. I don't want to have too many things out there they have to manage. And I, I don't really... I don't know if anybody cares about websites anymore. So, <laughs> Bandcamp <laughs> is keep it, that's... really great. I love. I I find a lot yeah. of music on Bandcamp. Um, that that site is probably more useful to me than Spotify and Apple put together. Um, I I find ten times as much music on Bandcamp as I do <laughs> yeah. uh, on Spotify because. Spotify was cute when it started, but I don't know. It's just kind of bullshit to me now, but um, Bandcamp, I use that religiously. So um, definitely very happy to hear you guys are on Bandcamp because that will make my job so much easier um, to share this going forward because their setup is so much better as far as sharing links and and different things, so... Sure. Um, as far as yeah, shows so that'll go, be launched. I mean, yeah, as far as shows go, we were kind of throwing spitballing earlier uh, this week, and it, we're probably going to be shooting in, you know, spring, summerish, uh, just to get everybody in. We just brought in Kyle uh, Wagner from uh, Carnes and Mortalis in Nethergate playing drums for us, so um, giving him a minute to, you know, still live his life and learn all these songs. It's easy to multiple bands now, too. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then we're working around JP's traveler schedule because they're they're working on you know their Euro tour, which I think got postponed, and then they've got a US thing coming up. So nice, it's coming, but um, no solid dates yet. Nice, um, that's why we're here. <laughs> yes, so this is among these ashes, and I know I actually didn't say it. Give them the name of the record because I haven't even like mentioned the actual name of the record. Dominion Enthroned. Yes. Um, and that's, that's where I'd hold the CD up, but I don't have it. Yeah, and, and it, that is so metal sounding. Like, um, It just sounds like something so you'll work or Devin Townsend or somebody would use. You know, um, And that's another person on my bucket list to go see live before I die is fucking Devin Townsend. Um, that guy Hell blows yeah. my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that popped into my head, but... Um, I think this is one of them records that if you are a fan of Devin, I think you'll love this record because he has a lot of the same elements, man. The the overall... I, I, I don't know how I want to say it correctly. Um, just the overall feel of this record has a lot of the same sonic sort of tones that Devin would use the like I said, the heavy and the soft and the acoustics and the the vocals and the melodies. There's just so much. Um, it's not a bad company to be in. No, like I, <laughs> I, and I didn't even listening to this record the first time. I really didn't even draw that comparison. Um, but now that Devin popped into my head and thinking about this record, there is an absolute. You know, comparison or an absolute um, stylisticness to both of both of you guys that 
it's comparable. Um, okay. So I would definitely, <laughs> uh, when you do your EPK in your FFO, I would definitely put Devin uh, on that list of, you know, for fans of. Um, anyways, we're going to wrap this up before we run out of time again. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, Zoom are a bunch of bitches. So <laughs> I'm the Music God. This is the Noise Report. Uh, this is Among These Ashes. Check these guys out. Uh, I will be promoting them all over, including TikTok and every other place that you will see my ugly ass. So, um, Good, because I don't know what TikTok is. Yeah. And when they do get merch, uh, you'll see me wearing uh, those shirts and all of that other fun stuff. So uh, with that said, uh, I'm going to shut the fuck up, and we will be out of here. <laughs>